You're listening to Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football. The one and only podcast dedicated to providing analysis, advice, and entertainment for salary cap fantasy football players. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Kennedy and Sean McGuire. Well, gather round, everybody. It is time once again for the Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Tim Kennedy. I'm here with Sean McGuire. Hey, Tim. Hello, Sean. I can barely see you. Yeah, we are. We're kind of going back to our roots. This is. This, I was going to say we're going back to the roots. Yeah, when we first started this podcast, it was March of 2020. Uh, as as you may remember, that's what's going on. Then? Yeah, there was something happening in the world. Yeah, that was the very beginnings of COVID. So we were not going into each other's houses. We, we spent were, that whole summer basically uh, out on patios. That's right, and we are back out there tonight. Because, if you listen, let's be real quiet and see if people can hear the crickets. You hear, uh, that? you hear the crickets? That's yeah. that's that's people turning off this podcast. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we, uh, I had a family member test positive for COVID, so we're back outside tonight, so we get to hear the crickets. Mm. And Sean, the, uh, I think the question on, on my mind, I don't know about anybody else, is are you porky-pigging it this weekend or, uh, or Donald ducking it? Is this just because my, my lady and, and one of my kids is out of town? Yeah, that's why I'm asking. Your wife's out I'm, of town. I'm wearing pants. Just <laughs> let me be really clear. I'm wearing pants. So you're uh, Mickey Mouse in it? Does Mickey Mouse wear pants? I think he wears pants, yeah. Okay. I think he's got a, a, yeah, but I'm also wearing a top. So I'm actually just humaning it. Oh, well, that's, that's less fun. fun. No, I know. Way less fun. I was trying fun. to think. If I was clever, I'd think of some kind of animal that had both pants and shirt. How about except- Goofy? Maybe Goofy has both. I don't remember. He does. I think Goofy has pants and and like a vest. You're just being Goofy then. I'm being Goofy. Congratulations. I'm I'm impressed that you can, you know, all the various clothing options for most of the uh, cartoon characters in our world. Well, I can't remember a single movie I've seen, but I sure remember that. (laughs) So... (laughs) I'm glad to be back home, Sean. Welcome back. Yeah, thank you. I was in uh, Quebec City the, this past weekend. Uh, it took. It was a nice. nice you went little, and saw the Pope, right? Well, we we happened to see the Pope. He drove within about ten feet of us. Fifteen in a Fiat feet of us. Five hundred, right? In a Fiat Five Hundred. It was white. So, but, I but the window they, was down. Do you think they actually packed packed up a Fiat Five Hundred and actually shipped it over to uh, Canada, or do you think that they just picked up a like? Well, it wasn't like a did, po- did he go to like the Avis? Probably. It <laughs> just wasn't like up a Fiat. It wasn't like a Pope mobile. I mean, he no. drove by us with the window down. He's waving out the window. This high fiving people. <laughs> there was no protection. Well, you uh, don't know that Fiat could have had had uh, laser laser defense installed. You never know. Well, it possibly. But our nice little we were just going to do a little three day jaunt to Quebec City to celebrate our anniversary. Turned into a six day adventure. It took us like yeah, uh, you didn't, you didn't, we're a little late, partly because uh, because they you couldn't get back. Right? right, we we flew on the way home. We flew from Quebec to Toronto and then got stuck there because <laughs> they didn't have enough healthy crew to get a, to fly us home oh to Minneapolis. My. So good to be back. It Did was you a fun consider trip. from Toronto 
renting a car, like planes, trains, and automobilesing it, and just uh, driving from Toronto to Minneapolis, which is a haul, but you know. Yeah, I just would, to get back in time for the podcast. We, <laughs> they put us up in a pretty nice hotel, and and we got some food vouchers, so we, we were happy to extend our trip. I didn't really have. All Did that. you see anything in Toronto? Toronto's a cool town too. Well, we didn't because we'd stayed out by the airport. I didn't have the, I didn't have the gusto or the energy to like arrange for hockey hall of fame downtown Toronto. Should it's I've been, super cool. I, I've been to Toronto before, so I guess maybe I didn't. I, that's partly why we didn't go down. Did you go to the Hockey Hall of Fame then too? Did you miss that then? We did not. We went to a Twins game there. Did Did you have at least? Did you at least have some poutine? Uh, we had poutine in Montreal, but not on this trip. We had a lot of actually. We had a lot of poutine on this trip, but Montreal is the birthplace of poutine. Uh, we, it is. Yeah, and we had true. it there, and it was delish. Uh, I have not been to Montreal or Quebec. Well, but I have been to Toronto. For you hockey. can combine those two in one trip. Apparently, there's a train that goes between the two of them, right along the St. Lawrence. Yeah, River. no, I don't think. I think they're close. Yeah, well, they're pretty close. It it takes about four hours by train, I guess. So, uh, train camp has begun. We're switching. So yeah. switching on you. Should we? Should we talk? People to, are tired talk of your trip. Talk about football. <laughs> you can talk about football. <laughs> uh, what I've noticed, by the way, in train camp, every single rookie looks amazing. They're all. Should they all, if you, if you haven't had your rookie draft yet, every single one of them is on fire. And this and is not from your scouting. This is <laughs> no. what you're hearing, right? This is, from... Yeah, if you're on Twitter, it's <laughs> like, it's nothing but people posting videos of, of people, like, you know, doing amazing things in camp, and, you, and you're like, you know. They're not in pads, and the, nobody's really playing some defense. Some of them are in pads. So. No, they're in pads now. But it is but it is a little they bit like. They can't hit each other, really. It, it is, yeah, limited hitting, but it is a little bit like, I remember, I think last year or the year before, one of the two, it was like, you know, the, all these, you know, videos of like this amazing Jalen Rigger catch, and like, oh, yeah, what happened there? I mean, like, camp is camp. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you have to. You got to watch a lot of camp to know what's going on. You got to so, sift through that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I still, I'm, I'm, I haven't really uh, made any significant changes to how I view, view the rookies. Maybe, a, maybe a couple tweaks, but nothing big. Kenny Pickett not looking so good, but you never know. Right. I didn't like him to begin with. Well, yeah, we, we'll discuss him later on because he's going to come up. All right. Well, let's do this. This episode we have, we're calling this too hot to handle. These are, these <laughs> which are, makes it, which makes you think these players are great, but no, they're we literally just mean they're, they're no, don't handle them. They're well, too hot. They're, well, they're <laughs> we, we're considering them overrated. Now, yeah. I will say that said, uh, these are the guys. At least some of them that I'm talking about, I actually would like to have them on my team. Oh yeah. No, I don't think the purpose of this is actually to say this person is terrible. I mean. Some of them might be, but but that's not no. I mean, the issue is really a lot of it is about ADP, and, and it's about is it, it maybe it's now a good time to, to move on from a player. And, and we've talked about some of these players in other in our um, in our uh, by year by year you know uh, thing. But but if their ADP is, is sticking out a little odd, uh, you, this might be a chance for you to capitalize on your player being overrated. Right. So let's uh, let's jump in, Sean. Who do you who do you got first? I'm first going to bring up Najee Harris. And we, had, we didn't spend much time talking about him because he was really good last year. He was very productive for, for fantasy football teams. And uh, I actually expect him to continue to be productive, right? But he yeah. is the dynasty running back two. By and ADP. By ADP, as you like to call it. 
attitude of, of the people. Right. I don't even like to say it, but, but well, I'll, it you, sounds stupid you, coming out of, out of me. You don't mouth. like to say it? Yeah, it's a proxy for uh, how the market is valuing right. So people really like him in Dynasty Leagues. Obviously, we're not really talking about straight Dynasty, but I think that is the closest analog to salary cap leagues. Um, and here's the thing. Uh, I just I can't abide. I can't, I can't, he can't be RB2 in the dynasty. And I'll tell you why. Why, why not, Sean? Well, because he's just not that good. <laughs> so here's the thing. So, um, them's fighting words you know, for some people. So, well, here's, I'll, I'll explain why I think this, okay? Um, so coming out of college, he was projected to be a three down workhorse with, I'm air quoting here, special pass catching ability. Uh, he did finish as the RB4 last year. Per game, he was RB nine. That's still that's still pretty darn good, right? Um, top ten. It's still top. Yeah, that's still <laughs> an RB one. I got. I do good math. <laughs> Does that even qualify as math? Anyway, <laughs> um, so so he he did well. Um, uh, where did he excel? Okay, well, first of all, he excelled in volume, and it sounds silly to say, but but that if you're looking at kind of where he differs from everybody else. The number one thing is volume. He he got crazy volume. He was number one in the league. This is everybody in the league in snaps. Number one in carries. Number two in targets. Uh, he was number one in uh, opportunity share and weighted opportunity share. Um, he just got the ball all the time. Right. Um, and that was basically it. Right. So if. <laughs> uh, so then I go to where did he struggle? Okay, well he struggled with rushing and receiving efficiency. All right, he was he averaged less than four yards per carry. He was fifty third in the league. Now, granted, I don't always hold that against somebody because you know it's a product of a lot of things. Yards per carry is kind of a it, 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 when you see a number below four, you pay attention. You, you it's not good. Right. Uh, but sometimes you can have reasons for that uh he, he was 28 in uh, breakaway run rate uh um as a receiver is 25th in yards per, among running backs in yards per route run 24th in yards created per touch uh number 53 in two yards per carry this is starting to look like a guy who is not doing a whole lot um doesn't and, yeah it doesn't indicate a special Running back talent. Right. And there's an interesting, if you go in player pro profile, there's an interesting statistic that, or metric or whatever you want to call it, um, uh, called expe expected points added. And what this basically does is it looks at down and distance for every play where a player gets the ball or, or does something with the ball. And did they do something that increased their team's chances of scoring points? Right. So if you're deep into analytics for baseball, there's like wins over replacement and other metrics like that, that that capture a similar thing. You're really just measuring, is this person contributing to his NFL team? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, uh, it's it's not always the greatest metric for running backs um, relative to other positions because running backs don't, but the things that help them, they're not making as many big yardage plays and you know when they do score a touchdown oftentimes it's from like the one yard line where basically they're ex 
the score itself is not worth much more than, than the expected points sure. that they're already looking at anyway. So, um, but he, uh, so a good example though, is like, if you're looking at a player who is ahead of him, RB one is Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor's expected points added is, uh, was a positive 12, which doesn't sound great, especially when some of the good quarterbacks are in the, in like plus 200 or something like that. But that was 11th in the league still. Uh, Harris was a negative 20.6. He was 144th in the league. Wow. So he just basically he was doing nothing significant more than a replacement player. If, if anything, he might have been doing worse. So what? how does the situation change? The number one thing is he's going to have a new quarterback. Kenny Pickett got drafted. I would just say forget about Pickett. He looks terrible in camp. I thought he was not good coming in. You thought he was not good coming in. Well, um, and I, he he's not going to be. It sounds like it's Trubisky's job to lose. It could be point. Trubisky's job. Um, I mean, just for this season, anyway. If you're if you're talking about, it's not going to be Pickett, right? right. So it's, I can say it's not going to be Pickett. And if it is Trubisky, I actually think for the offense, uh, Trubisky is is the better option um, because even though he doesn't have a very sexy reputation, um, <clears throat> he's actually been. In EPA, he's been uh, he's consistently been a pretty good player, actually. Right. Um, you you pointed out, I think, a few episodes ago that he's a Pro Bowler, right? Did he make he the did pro- make the Pro Bowl <laughs> once? Yes. And his numbers never really turn out to be or look great, but but he does uh, end up, uh, I think, putting his team in positions, you know, where they can do something. And so I do think that Trubisky is going to end up with that job this year, and he's going to hold on to it. Um, does that how's that impact Harris? Do you think? Well, so actually, I think it helps Harris. It helps Harris because, um, you know, uh, running backs have done well with Trubisky. Uh, Monty was RB4 with Trubisky in 2020. Jordan Howard had several RB1 seasons with Trubisky. Even Tariq Cohen flirted with an RB1 season in 2018. Um, So actually, the situation people look at Harris and think, well, that's the reason to fade him if you're going to fade him. It's actually not the reason why I would fade him. I think his situation this year is just fine. Okay. I, uh, my con- my concern, though, um, is I don't think that Trubisky is going to be a long-term solution solution there, and I think that it, you're going to find a lot of, uh, of, of push to to transition to Pickett. I don't really believe in, in Pickett. Um, but I do think uh, that because Trubisky, I think, will do a better job than Big Ben did at keeping them competitive, I think uh, I think he is a good chance that he's going to do better than he did last year when he finished with 10 touchdowns. So in terms of scoring, I think he might do well. In terms of the running back room, uh, last year there was nothing there. This year there is nothing there, basically. We're talking about Kalen Balazs and Anthony McFarland and Benny Snell and Jeremy McNichols. These are all guys that are terrible. So he's going to keep getting volume. It sounds like. Yep. So why are you why are you, do you have him overrated? I think, I think uh, I have him as overrated for a couple of reasons. One, I, I don't think that I think I think they will. If he doesn't have a, a, a significant rebound year this year, they're just going to move on. They're just going to move on because ultimately, I'm I'm not talking about like if you need a running back for this year. I think, I think, stick with him. He'll be fine. 
A re- you, when you say rebound, do you mean the? Do you mean Harris or? Yeah, I mean as a productive player, whether he actually helps an NFL team. Okay, so you're so, saying the Steelers realize yes. that he's not. I'm not talking about fan- fancy wise. He's he's been you. fine. Okay, I'm saying. Uh, wait, you got me. I do. I got you. Okay. All right. <laughs> just want to check. So my concern with him is that if like is who he looks like to me. So right now I see um, I, I, there's two things. One, he got 381 touches last year. That is a huge number. And frankly, the, the, the players who have seasons like that, most of them don't have very long careers. We're talking very few running backs um, are even relevant in the league past age 26. And, and he's almost 25 already. Remember, he came yeah. into the league with a lot of usage, and he's old. So yeah, that number is a little scary. So that that I'm I'm worried about his long term viability uh, due to age and usage. I'm also um, really worried about about the fact that he's just hasn't been very efficient, and he reminds me of another run, highly drafted running back who 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 uh, who came out with very few. Um, uh, with with uh, high volume numbers and then just tanked, and that's Trent Richardson. <laughs> you don't want to be on a list with Trent Richardson. That's uh, just one comparison. I understand. I'm not trying. To, I'm not going to bring out a list of of twenty backs who did that or whatever. But I, I'm just telling you, you average less than four yards per carry in a rookie season, where you get high volume. It it to me it sends alarm bells off that you are overrated. And those numbers are going to come down. So if you can keep him, if you want to keep him this year and, and hope that he repeats what he did last year, great. But you got to have a plan for unloading him as soon as you can. All right. My guy is Austin Eckler. Mm. His ADP right now is as the running back six and number 11 overall in a startup uh, dynasty ADP. Last year, obviously, was great for Eckler. He was the running back two overall. He had over 1,500 yards and 20 touchdowns Sean yeah uh in 2020 the year before I can smell a regression <laughs> well you're right uh 2020 he missed six games he came in as the running back 14 in points per game 2019 he played all 16 games he was the running back six overall seventh in points per game that was largely on the back of a thousand yards and eight touchdowns through the air mm-hmm. he also added 500 yards and three touchdowns on the ground so those are those are his significant running back seasons. He finished as the running back twenty four overall in twenty eighteen, as well. So just some some background on his career so far. His touchdown totals before this past season, he had starting in twenty seventeen, he had five, six, eleven, and three total touchdowns. Yeah, one and of they, those is not like the other. And then he jumped up to twenty last year, right? Mm-hmm. Rushing touchdowns, if we just look at rushing, again, starting in 2017, he had two, yeah. three, yeah. three, okay. one, yeah. and then got 12 last year. <laughs> Wait a second. One of them is not like the other. Exactly. So like you mentioned early on, uh, like like winter in Game of Thrones, regression is coming. Mm. And I I know you don't love Isaiah Spiller. The I'll just call him Lone Paw. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> the fact that I don't like him doesn't mean that I don't think he's the best back that they've 
got there backing him up. Right. As I was gonna say, he's gonna steal more touches than guys like Larry Roundtree, Joshua Kelly, and and even Justin Jackson, who wasn't terrible, but I think Spiller's no, better. Spiller's got more to him than that. Right. So the other thing to keep in mind with Eckler is he's already twenty seven years old. This is his year twenty seven year old season this year. So for me, running back six is just too hot to handle. I think you should you know, depending on where your team's at and salary situation, I would I would think about cashing in now while his value is so high. Some guys that are close to him in ADP right now and slightly below him are are uh, Joe Mixon, hmm? Devontae Adams. He's younger, by the way. He's younger, just also had a great season last year. Devontae Adams, who's 29, um, but, you know, one of the best uh, receivers in the league. Uh, Diggs, Stefan Diggs is a little bit below him in ADP. Also a little bit older, but yeah. Also a little older, but I think he's 28, if I remember right. Diggs is either 28 or 29, yeah. Uh, T. Higgins and uh, Nick Chubb are all guys that are around Eckler in ADP. So And, and, and Chubb, I mean, if you're swapping out for Chubb, you're getting a, a bit of a younger player. You're getting more of a traditional bell cow. But, I mean, yeah, <laughs> Yeah, consider what's going to happen in Cleveland with the, with the Sean Watson now, and and I think that there's a chance that that the offense has a significant uptick. There's also a chance that Deshaun Watson's too rusty, and 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 what what who knows what's going to happen with the with the uh, suspension and the appeal and whatnot. But um, but I you know you know you got like Chubb who's basically always averaging like five and a half yards a carry. Like that's a guy that you can pretty much always bank on being productive. Yeah. I just think I think there's going to be a big time regression this year and uh this is your chance to cash in on that on that big finish or that that big year that Eckler had last year. All right. This is this is a uh, I remember this from last year. This is like the ultimate Debbie Downer episode where we're like <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, not necessarily. Like, if you can cash, you know, cash yeah, one no, of these guys. I, I hear you, but for, if you if you if you if, if you, you if have you're currently rostering this player and you hear this name, you're like, ah, yeah, I'm a Kennedy. Kennedy don't next, know anything. Next, that's <laughs> true. That's why we hear the crickets. Uh, next week is a lot more fun. The <laughs> yeah, under, it is. The, yeah, yeah. The yeah. underrated players are a lot more. It fun. Is a little more fun. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to talk about this guy. Uh, uh, um, I have talked about it before. I had done a lot of research on it, and I just I felt like I needed to bring the full full research so i didn't bring it up when we talked about all of it when we brought it up before that is aj brown uh we can all agree that he's a good wide receiver he's dynasty adp is mm, somewhere between uh number five and number 12 but number five uh, is on fantasy pros and that's i think we try to be a little consistent and use that um so uh here, here's here's the issue here um uh, is he great? Uh, basically, he has finished, other than, he's had one year where he's been a, a, a wide receiver one. He's had two years where he's been a borderline wide receiver two, wide receiver three. Um, so far, not off to a great start. Yeah, and, 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 and people people love him, and, and that's fine, but, you know, he's actually fairly... There's some things that are consistent about him. He has been highly targeted. He is not a great separator. Um, low numbers in terms of target separation. Um, he hasn't gotten a, a ton of volume in terms of routes run, um, but he has gotten targeted a lot. So when he's on the field and he's running routes, he's getting thrown the ball. 
Um, whether he's been good or bad versus 20 and 21, a lot of it has to do with how efficient he is in yards after a catch. His yak numbers have changed uh, dramatically. In 2020, he had 11 touchdowns and 70 receptions. That wasn't terribly sustainable. Last year, he only had five touchdowns and 63 receptions. So the big difference is touchdowns and yak. Uh, but basically, he's a fairly steady player. But here's the thing. Um, he has was operating in a, a low-volume passing offense, was force-fed the ball despite his mediocre pre- and post-catch efficiency um, last year. He didn't have the inflated touchdown numbers. Here's the, here's the thing that scares me. There's a bunch of these wide receivers that were drafted in 2019, and they all got paid by their home teams, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Tennessee, knowing how they use him and knowing about his knee issues, and we've talked about his knee issues, they chose to trade him. Uh, and, uh, you know, instead we've got Washington, Seattle, San Francisco, um, all signing their guys uh, to massive contracts, like $25 million a year, basically. Uh, and Pittsburgh still, who's cheap, still is trying to negotiate with Deontay. Uh, so, um, and... and, and so that's uh, a flag for you, then. It's a flag for me, and Tennessee didn't actually get that much for him. For a player that is supposedly worth $25 million a year, they got a, a, a mid-first-round pick and a fourth-round pick. Um and they got it from a team that, that basically wants everybody to forget how bad they've been at drafting wide receivers. So they, he he is the replacement for Jalen Rager um, and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Um, but I really think that he's actually supposed to be the Jalen Rager type. Um, I, I don't think A.J. Brown, I just don't think he's a great wide receiver. I could be wrong. I, I, I know I'm an outlier on this. Um, I think he's good. But um, and it doesn't actually mean he can't be a great fantasy wide receiver. But but the problem is I don't I don't think that his talent will dictate that he will be a great fantasy mm-hmm. football receiver. He has to also have a good situation. His situation in Philadelphia is basically Tannehill versus Jalen Hurts is is just not a big change. I, he's not going to a a better situation in terms of quarterback. Um, uh, Tannehill is a little more efficient. Um, but, uh, I just don't think that overall as passers, there's, there's a whole ton of difference there. Um, his, his, he's getting more target competition from, from Devonte Smith than he ever got, uh, from, from any of his compatriots or Corey Davis or whoever else he had in Tennessee. Um, Nick Sirianni, his head coach doesn't have a, he's had one year where he's had his quarterback throw a bunch and that was when he had Andrew Luck. So that's not good. Um, so now that he's signed into this contract, I think he's locked into problems that he's locked into this terrible situation because they're committed to Hertz. And I think Hertz is going to be a productive and a good NFL quarterback. I just don't think he's going to be good for wide receivers. So, so um, you know, it, it makes me less interested in Devonte Smith as well, but like, but at least he's cheaper and younger. Um, and he already has produced w- w- in that offense already. We're expecting A.J. Brown to, to join that offense and do something new. So he's a guy that I would also say um, is overrated. I do think um, when, you, when you start thinking about having to move him, the, the tough 
he fits into a spot where there's a, a lot of players around him are, are either a lot older, like Devontae Adams and Stefan Diggs, um, or a lot less proven, and also have some flags like Jalen Waddle. But I would rather have Jalen Waddle, in my opinion, than than AJ Brown. Uh, he's really similar to Debo. I'd rather have Debo. Um, he's a significant chunk ahead of DK Metcalf, and I think that's insane. Yeah. Um, yeah, I so, agree with that. So, so for me, it, there's you could you could transition to another position. You could try to, uh, depending on what your contract situation is with him, uh, you could try to, to try to save money and, and find a similar rated player that you think you, you can save a little cash under your cap on. Um, AJ Brown's a big name, and it's a, he's a sexy name, and I would try to make use of that. Yeah, and I, I just want to reiterate, too, that, you know, we with receivers, we're talking about Devontae Adams, for example. He's 29. And, and people start thinking about those receivers as yeah. being really old. And probably that is their peak or maybe a little younger, but I still think these receivers that, are, that are really good are going to be good get, until they're 31. Oh, yeah. You will get more out of Devontae Adams in the next two years than you do the, from A.J. Brown by quite a bit. Yeah. And in a, a salary cap league, I don't know if you can really afford to think six years down the road for the most part because you you, you got to pay him a contract, and he's just going to be tied to this low volume offense, and he's I just don't anticipate him getting a huge um, you getting a huge return for that investment in the, the next. I, I like to think about these things in two three year windows, and yep. the next couple of years don't look great for him. Yep. All right, I'm expecting a little pushback on this one, Sean. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. And talk about people hating, you know, this not being a fun episode. I'm going to talk about CeeDee Lamb as as being overrated. (laughs) I know. I hesitate even bringing him up. But right now he has an ADP of uh, the wide receiver four, number nine overall in startups. Now, he's 23 years old. He's a good receiver. Why on earth would I bring him up as being overrated? So Mm -hmm. here's my argument for this. Um, the narrative out there is that he's stepping into the undisputed wide receiver one role for Dallas. I am not arguing that. The thing I would say is he over- already was basically the wide receiver one last year. He at least was the 1A mm-hmm. to uh, Cooper's 1B. Uh, Lamb finished as the wide receiver 18 overall. Amari finished as the wide receiver 27 overall, so he was a little bit ahead there. Lamb had a few more targets, 120 to Cooper's 104. A few more receptions, about 10 more receptions. And uh, had, uh, Lamb had 1,100 yards and six, touchdown, six touchdowns in 16 games. Cooper had 850 yards and eight touchdowns in 15 games. So they, they were pretty similar, but Lamb was just a little bit better. Here's, here's my issue. Here's what scares me a little bit about Lamb. Dak spreads the ball around so much, mm-hmm. including in the red zone. So yep. CD did lead the team uh, target share-wise. He had a 20.4% target share. Uh, Amari, though, had came in with 18.8%. Uh, so I would call him the, the 1B. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 1C for pass catches was Elliott and Pollard, who combined for 18.3% target share. So the running backs got that. 
the the pass catcher one D is Michael Gallup. He how, had a, how, how how many letters are we gonna go here? <laughs> guess got a one more. <laughs> okay. uh, Gallup had a sixteen point six percent target share. Okay. And Dalton Schultz, pass, one e? pass catcher 1E, had a okay. 16.4% target share. So Dak is... What about Cedric Wilson? Would he be 1F? No, he was a little lower. I'll, I'll go with uh, pass go, catcher he, 2. I just kind of want to say 1F. <laughs> Cedric Wilson. Cedric Wilson, that's 1F. That's 1F. Uh, okay. Cedric <laughs> Wilson was 1F uh, with a 10.2% target share. So uh, Dak's just spreading the ball all over the place. And keep, keep in mind, uh, you know, Gallup basically played half the season before he, he got hurt. Yeah, I think he had nine games. Yeah. And I think for me that actually feeds into you a little bit. Like I guess we don't know for sure when Gallup is coming back and how how healthy he's going to be. But but I, I don't know why we don't think that Gallup doesn't fill in for a lot of what Cooper was doing. Yeah. And I think that that's, uh, and that's, I think, I, I do think that that's a consideration. Well, and, and you mentioned at the top of the show, you know, ro- all the rookies are getting rave reviews, right? Yep. But including Jalen Tolbert. Including Jalen Tolbert, who's, yep. I've heard, is earning, I'm air quoting, earning the trust of his teammates and coaches. I've that, heard this consistently about Jalen Tolbert. I do think that he is somebody whose buzz doesn't seem to be just be a one flashy catch here or there. It does seem to be a consistent drumbeat. Uh, which makes James Washington kind of, I, I'm not sure where he fits into this offense, right? Maybe he's taking the Cedric Wilson role, but. Well, and he's hurt now. I don't, I don't remember. I don't know how uh, seriously he's injured, but no, I, I, I mean, heard he got injured. I think there's a chance that Tolbert starts the season as the one B and shifts to a one C and I'd, and maybe CD Lamb's meteoric rise is just kind of like a, a slight bump. And that's what I'm kind of expecting. Yeah. Like uh, I, I'm, the way that Dak spreads the ball around and the way the touchdowns get spread around. CD had six. Amari had eight last year. Um, Gallup, Gallup only had a couple, but Dalton Schultz had eight. Well, Cedric keep, Wilson had six and touchdowns. Keep in mind that you're going to have, in theory, you're going to have a healthy Zeke too, which might mean more on the ground. True. And catch, catching the ball uh, in the air as well. So I do think that there's a chance that that you're also spreading the ball to running backs more effectively than well, you are here as well, well. And they are, like, Elliot was the f- running back five in red zone touches in the league last year. Yeah. So, I mean, if they that's... They like him down there. Yeah, if that's what happens uh, when he's not feeling great... <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's that's my argument. I I don't see. I I know Cooper is vacating targets, but I just feel like Dak's going to spread those targets around. Gallup's going to pick up more of them. Mm-hmm. Tolbert's going to take some of them. So I just don't see the jump from the mid-level wide receiver two that uh, C.D. Lamb has been to being this top six wide receiver. So here's here's my pushback. My pushback is that I think thinking about it this year. Alone, I think I probably 100% in agreement with you. My pushback on, on C.D. Lamb is long-term, does he have the the game to to consistently finish as that low-end wide receiver one, in which case then he will earn his spot, that earn, earn the ADB spot. And I do think there's a decent chance that the passing volume is enough that he can do that for, I think he's a lot more talented than the other 
receivers that we've mentioned. So I think that I think he the question is whether he can kind of can be consistent in in earning those targets year in and year out. That's okay. a, that's the only place where I where I, I think maybe you can justify the ADP. Sure. Well, and you you said mentioned like being a consistent low end wide receiver one. And yeah. Is that where you view him kind of finishing? Yeah, on I, a regular I, basis. Yeah, because because of because I think because I think they spread the ball around there, and right. I think that I don't see him having the crazy high end numbers. He's not going to be a Jamar Chase where he might just be the best receiver in the league for years, right? I right. do think I don't think he has the upside that I've mentioned DK before, but I don't think he has that upside. I think he he can be pretty good, but um, he also, ha- I mean, just as a practical matter, he hasn't been super consistent. Like he, he does a lot of neat things, but then he he'll, he'll like drop a ball or two. You're like, where'd that one come from? So I don't. I think he's got to kind of make his game more consistent. Otherwise, he'll just consistently be, you know, included but not focused. You know, the guys who really are, are top end guys year in year out are guys like Devontae Adams who are just. Always, right. always available, always open. Well, it's funny you bring him up because if I have CD, I, I'm, I'm not giving him away f- for a little bit of nothing, right? But if you no. decide, okay, CD's going to be a low-end wide receiver one on a regular basis, I want something a little more than that. These are some people that are around him in ADP that you could maybe look into trading for. Uh, Kyle Pitts is one of those guys that was... I do that. I would do that too. Devontae Adams, we've talked about before. I'd do that in short term if I was trying to win right yeah, now. Yeah, but I, and I also think you could maybe pick up, you know, a second rounder or yep. something along with Adams. T. Higgins is another guy. I started doing a, a I deep. Do, I do feel like he is going to kind of end up being the same guy as C.D. Lamb with a little less ceiling because he of might. Chase. He might. I, I started doing a deep dive on Higgins for this episode, and I decided he's not. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good. He's not overrated. No, he's not. Um. So, but you, if you, I support that. That's a choice. Okay. So if you like Higgins, like I do, and I'm, I'm coming around Higgins. to, yeah. um, you might be able to pick him up plus another piece. So yep. just something to think about if uh, depending on where your team. Yeah, at. if you can swap him for T Higgins, who's similar age, and you get something thrown in, I think you're you're going to be pretty happy with the stable thing. I think T Higgins is going to be around the league for a long time, and it's going to be productive for a long time. Yeah, and you also get something extra, and I think that that's the difference maker. Yep. All right, my turn. Yeah, Russ. I know I told you I was going to do Joe Burrow, but I decided I, I decided I didn't. I like Joe Burrow, even though I think he's overrated, and even though I think Lamar's overrated. I've already talked about Lamar. So this is like your third string yeah, overrated yeah, quarterback. Yeah. yeah, and 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 here's the thing. Um, for a short-term quarterback situation, I'm. This isn't. I'm not making that issue here. My issue is if you're if you're thinking about you want a quarterback that you can keep, kind of keep around for a while, and have a QB one. I I don't think Russell Wilson should be your should be the the, the horse that you hitch to. And um, did, did you say Sean? I uh, the, what where he's being uh, ranked ADP wise? QB nine. Okay. Dynasty ADP. Okay. And and, and here's the reason. You know. Um, the reason why people why his his ADP is so high um, is he has been a very high end quarterback, um, and it's, it's been in his past as recent as I think maybe twenty seventeen he was he finished QB one, 
which is a while ago, but even 2019, he finished QB3. Um, and there's always been this tension of like, oh, you know, they won't let Russ cook, right, in Seattle, right? That's right. the problem is if only they would let Russ cook, we would see. And he's had these stretches where he just is on fire. And then he has other stretches where things don't look so good. And um, so this idea that, well, he was stuck in this run first offense in Seattle, and now he is free in this Green Bay-style pass-happy offense in Denver. I, I don't know exactly how true that is, and th and that's because Seattle was a run-heavy outfit. First four years in the league, they finished in the top five or top four in rushing percentage uh, every year. Um, but the, since then... Uh, they've actually kind of been in the bottom half in, in, in uh, rushing percentage more often than not. Um, it's funny how things like that stick with you. Like you, stick. you, you get well, an impression. The co and The coach doesn't change, and and, 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 and people just kind of have this as a, as an impression that, that they're stuck with. Um, and I don't think that that is – I just don't think that's terribly accurate anymore or hasn't been for years. So I just don't think that that should be a, a major factor in terms of how you think it, that he's going to suddenly be liberated from this, this terrible offense that he was in. It, it's not, that wasn't the reality. Um, the other thing is, is um, his own production actually doesn't even really, never really correlated with that when they were very, he, his, some of his best years were when, when they were number one in the league in rushing. So, uh, because he was very efficient. Um, and then, so whether he's been good or has been mediocre just hasn't really had anything to do with what percentage of plays that they're, how much they're running the football. So it's, there's, there's, there's no reliability to that consideration in terms of how to, how to view it. Um, for example, he finishes the QB three with the second most rush plays called. Oh. All right. So that's, He's, that doesn't change the fact that he was QB3. Yeah. So what's changed is his effectiveness as a rusher, Yep. which I think has dropped his floor. Because for through his first six seasons, he averaged almost 100 attempts per year, 550 yards. Um, last four seasons, uh, a lot fewer, uh, a third fewer, 67 uh, attempts a game for 200 yards yards less per season averaging less than two touchdowns a year um he's getting old <laughs> he's getting old he's 34 years old or he's going to turn 34 this year uh so he's running a lot less and um so at, at the same time so his attempts have trended up his yardage has only risen slightly you know he he if you if you chart his yardage totals for throughout his career He's got these seasons where he's got, he basically has been in mid-3,000s to the low-4,000s kind of throughout. There hasn't, he's gone up and down year to year, but there hasn't been like this major change in terms of productivity. He has had seasons like in 2020 where he threw for 40 touchdowns that, you know, he's had some of these big touchdown-producing seasons. Um, but I, I do think uh, uh, ultimately... The 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 trend is that he's been a little bit better, more efficient passer, uh, and he's been a lot less productive rusher, and that's why I say his floor isn't what it was. 
right? Because without the the rushing to prop up, right, he can fall out of the the top ten pretty easily, and he like has he did there. last year, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, no, last year I think he he finished um, like qu- quarterback four, fifteen, fourteen or fifteen, yeah, yeah, fifteen points per game, thirteen, but quarterback fifteen, and that's you know I do think that that there were some not great things there. He he was a little nicked, but he only missed a couple games. He played 14 games last year. So okay. um, I don't think the high-end rushing production is coming back. I think we can say that that's not going to happen. I would I would be surprised, yeah. Like he's still an athlete, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, John Elway ran a lot when he was younger. When he got older, he didn't. Yeah. And I think that Russ is kind of getting there. Um, I also, when I compare Seattle to Denver, I, I really think that there's – the Denver offensive personnel, at least the skill position personnel, is a lot weaker. Um, so there, there, he doesn't have anybody like DK Metcalf on his team. Like you, people like Cortland Sutton's a big guy, but you know, not not even in the same universe of an athlete, right? Like if just, I know it's only one thing, but if you look at his his forty time, I think Sutton was like a a four five five or four five four guy, whereas I think DK was low, low four threes, right, and, and, I, and bigger and stronger and just a freak, right. And I I think this is opposite to how most people are viewing this change. That yeah, I think most people view the move to Denver as being an uptick. Well, it's an uptick. I think you could argue this offensive system is an uptick because there are people are presuming that Hackett's going to be running the Green Bay offense and. And it's going to be uh, you know West Coast style offense, and it's going to be lots and lots of passes. But you got to remember, um, Aaron Rodgers has been has been great, but like it's not all been. He's also had a productive running game, and uh, he's also had Devonte Adams. They don't have anybody like that here. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at a guy like Cortland Sutton, who's you know maybe people have been wanting him to be good for a while, but he hasn't actually really yep. done anything. Right. Jerry Judy, people, oh, he's going to be amazing. Well, he hasn't really done anything. Right. Uh, Tim Patrick, I mean, this is a guy that was like basically a developmental squad player for three or four years or something like that. He's not a special player. Like, he could be a productive fantasy football player, but he's not and He also special just, talent. W- just got injured at uh, camp, I believe. He also got injured at camp, too. Yeah. The tight ends, not special. Uh, I'll talk about one of them later. Um, so, uh, uh, and the running backs, uh, the the, the up, there might be an upgrade in terms of running back, uh, at least as as I think pass catching. I think Gordon and Javante Williams can both catch the ball, mm-hmm. but I don't think that that's going to be a thing that's going to basically uh, that may make a difference at the, at the margins. But I don't think that's going to make up for it. So I think he his system might be better. That's arguable. I don't think his personnel is better. Um, the reason why I think he might, again, he could have a good year, but I don't, I, 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 I look at that age and I think, why would I, why would I roll with Russ when you can get Dak, who's five years younger at roughly the same ADP, he's QB seven, um, Jalen Hurts, 23 years old, QB 10, uh, the player that no one wants to talk about, Deshaun Watson, is QB 11. He's only 26, so he's eight years younger. Uh, you, it's a little gross. You know, I always, yeah, I tell, what I tell people about Watson is fantasy football is supposed to be fun. If having this guy in your roster is not fun for you, then don't have him on your roster. Him, yeah. 
Um, but there's plenty of guys in the NFL who've done things that are, you know, are not good and are gross, whether it's Adrian Peterson or Tyreek Hill or a bunch of these guys, right? So you roster them and hold your nose, or you don't roster them, and that's a personal choice. Um, Matt Stafford, same age, basically, uh, QB 14. And and never really was a runner. Never but was a runner, and there's no reason to think his, his, his rushing production is going to go down any particular way. Right. And he's in a great offense surrounded by uh, – uh, some good receivers and, and a head coach that knows how to move the ball, and he just threw for 40 touchdowns last year. Like, right. why why you're going to go with Russ over Matt Stafford when you can should be able to get something in addition? You can go get Matt Stafford. Yeah. So that's that's my take on on Russ. Um, you swap him, out, swap him out for some other positions. Uh, Allen Robinson is a guy in a one quarterback league you can get him for. Um, I do believe in that. Uh, I think there's some other interesting names on this list. Brandon Ayuk, I think, is an interesting name. I think Gabriel Davis is an interesting name in, in a one quarterback league. I just, I, 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 Miles Sanders is an interesting name in one quarterback league. Guys who are have similar ADPs, uh, and you can do a, a position swap, and I think you might end up getting more for that so all right and i haven't said this now for probably a year and a half but sean and i live near the airport <laughs> not, not not that g- close but yeah yeah not not that i live closer than you do yes but, but they are flying over tonight they are so th- yeah that noise you're probably hearing occasionally is i mean just a, it's a, many miles away but an like, airplane taking yeah, they've off. managed to build the airport right next to the city of Minneapolis. So we get a lot of playing sometimes. Yes. All right. My quarterback I wanted to talk about is Trey Lance. Uh, Mm. Currently ADP of quarterback 10 in Dynasty Startups, 94th overall. Save this one for the reckoning. (laughs) Well. (laughs) He is is like a, like he could, he he can make you silly one way or another. Well, yes. I have him on my team. I'm excited about him. Uh, I'll, I'll get there. Okay. This is this is not a deep dive. This I didn't have to do a lot of research on this. The, he hasn't played much. There's not a whole lot to research. That's the thing. Lance <laughs> has done next to nothing on an NFL field. Right. Uh, yet he's being ranked consistently ahead of Deshaun Watson, the the uh, earlier mentioned. And again, <laughs> I understand if you don't want to touch that guy, but when he's well, playing, hold on a second. That's. I mean, is that a pun? N- no. God, okay. No. <laughs> Uh, when he's played, he's been a perennial top five quarterback. Um, Matthew Stafford, you just mentioned him as well, 34 years old. I think he's got plenty of years left. He just moved to a good team, sorry, Johnny, and put up his best numbers since 2011. (laughs) Um, He had almost 5,000 yards and 41 touchdowns last year. It was good for quarterback five last year. You could could have him. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, he's older. But he finished as the quarterback six, quarterback three, ten, six, yeah. and one in his last five healthy seasons. That's going backwards. Yeah, I mean, you're just this is a guy that's always at the top. Now he doesn't have much in the way of receivers now, so we think. But right, I'm just saying those those names I just mentioned, they've yeah. all done it in the NFL. Yeah, there are some lists that I saw where Jalen Hurts and Russell Wilson have a lower ADP than Lance, and you. You've mentioned, you know, Russell, uh, he's been the quarterback six, four, four, and one. Well, and before and that, he was, he was quarterback one or two a bunch of years in a row. Yeah, so, that's yeah. just the last four years. He got, so he's done it. He's done it. Court, Hertz was the quarterback nine last season. So 
that's my that's my argument for Lance. I I hope he gets there. Maybe he's the quarterback one. Um, but he, I just I, my issue with Trey Lance, by the way, is I I think right now all he is 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 he's an empty box, and in that empty box goes everybody's wishes, which is exactly where Trevor Lawrence was at this time last year. Yeah, and. Trevor Lawrence fell flat on his face. Doesn't mean he can't get up, but he fell flat on his face. Zach Wilson, flat on his face. Justin Fields, flat on his Like, they all sucked, honestly. The yeah. only one who people are like, oh, he was really good as Mac Jones. Mac Jones was not a good good fantasy football quarterback. Right. Uh, it's a decent NFL <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Quarterback. But yeah, but decent like, decent. Yeah, like, but, but the thing is, is Trey Lance is, is in, into that box go your wishes and your fears and whatnot. And a lot of people see like this the ultimate Konami quarterback. And I remember this back when with Colin Kaepernick and some of these other guys that you you think, well, oh my gosh, this guy can throw for for five thousand yards and and run for a thousand yards, and it just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen because even if you have all those skills and you could do that, you can't run and pass at the same time. There's only so many plays to happen on the football field, and if you're doing one thing, you're not doing the other thing, and and we don't even know if Trey Lance can can do that. I hope right. he can. And I, 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 you and I both liked him last year, but we don't know anything yet. Exactly. So he's just a little rich for my blood. And the, the names I brought up in my analysis are the guys I'd think about trading for, possibly. I mean, he's a tough guy to trade because he does have that see that crazy ceiling. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it's hard to get rid of a guy that that has the potential of being the top quarterback in the league. Um, at the same time, if I want to win now, there's plenty of players that I know are going to be really good that are going to that are available for that ADP. Yeah. And, and it, you know, so that's, that's, that's the risk you have to take. Yep. All right. Um, I got a couple of little, I was going to do a guy and then you stole my guy. So I'm going to do two, two short takes on tight ends here. Okay. Uh, one, and we've talked about this guy before, uh, Foxy Noxy. Uh, he is, his ADP right now is quarter, oh, sorry, quarterback. It'd be really awkward. Mm. Tight end 10. He's probably rated really low at quarterback. Yeah, he's a steal. Um, he, we've talked about this. He was very heavily touchdown dependent last year. He only finished as the tight end eight, despite getting that absurd uh nine t- touchdowns touch- nine touchdowns yeah. um that absurd total i think what he said his touchdown percentage was like 15 percent or it's like an adam thielen level number um so this is a touchdown regression imminent coming we've talked about this before i think uh i made a case where i maybe why i would maybe be interested in signing dawson Knox, and I, I would sign him but the issue is is a little bit about what can you get for him here are the reasons why I think that we're looking at, at if he, if the best he can do is tight end eight, and I think that's the best he can do, uh, then then you move him uh, if he's if he if he's your dynasty tight end ten, um, because I think right now you got a situation where you do have the natural regression. Then on top of that, you've got kind of the late emergence of Gabe Davis, and that is it's an, a bit of an open question whether that's real or not, but there's no no doubt that that he's going to do more uh on the outside than Emmanuel Sanders did and Gabe Davis did last year 
They signed Jamison Crowder, who's an effective slot receiver. Last year, they, I don't think they got as much um, out of Cole Beasley or whatever as, as, as they were expecting. They uh, drafted um, James Cook, who is going to catch a lot of balls. He, uh, Josh Allen isn't a checkdown guy, but they're going to use James Cook lined up outside, and he's going to be featured as a wide receiver. Even, you know, they're going to line him up in the backfield and they're going to motion him out and he's going to be be isolated on the outside and they're going to use him. Josh Allen still calls a lot his number on the goal line. They do have a super high percentage of plays um, that are, are passes in the red zone in Buffalo. Uh, that could be a regression. They, they could move back to have a little bit more on the ground then. Those are all reasons to expect that you've already seen the best season out of Dawson Knox you're probably going to see. So I, I just don't see a whole lot of, with with all of this talent around him, I don't see a lot of room for him to grow. I don't see a role for him to, to blossom into where he suddenly becomes a, a George Kittle type or a Dallas Goddard type or, or one of these guys that, that I can kind of consistently get high volume. It just I don't see it with Dawson Knox, so I'd move on. Um, the other guy I want to talk about is Albert O. Uh, I'm not going to try to say his I last was, name. I was going to I was going to challenge his, you. His name is Albert Ogemusen. <laughs> um, so here's reasons why I don't believe in an Albert O. breakout. One, uh, Russell Wilson rarely targets short middle field areas um areas patrolled by the the tight end basically he's very rarely throwing anywhere near the line of scrimmage in the middle of the field and maybe it's because he's small i don't know but i do think that that's uh you can see see that that that's not an area of the field that he does target very often um and uh the big selling point at albert o was that he was some kind of freak talent Athletic-wise, um, that doesn't always mean anything. It didn't mean anything for Noah Fant. Everybody's like, oh, he's just an amazing athlete, and, you know, draft him higher than T.J. So, Hawkinson. So it's Njoku. Yeah, it's all these guys who, who are supposedly freak talents, but they, they, they don't always pan out. And I think Albert O is uh, – the fact that he is a, a, a freak talent to me, is not a selling point. It is. It doesn't mean that he's going to be bad. It just. It. It just doesn't seem to be a thing that is featured. Uh, is, is correlates with success at the tight end position. And the other thing is that Greg Dulcich, a rookie that we talked about, way going back, he he looks good in camp, and I think that the there's a decent chance that they play a lot more 12 personnel than people were thinking, and 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 I don't necessarily think that Greg Dulcich is going to be great, but. But I think that there's a decent chance that that whatever tight end uh, targets uh, there are to be had are going to be split. And when that's the situation, um, none of Russell Wilson's tight ends have ever done anything when, when they have that kind of a split situation. So Albert O is a guy that I would, at tight end 14, dynasty tight end 14, I would move along. All right. Last guy, I've got my tight end, Sean. This is my tight end, but you stole. <laughs> this is the guy I stole there. from you. <laughs> yeah, I texted you, and you I ignored wasn't, I wasn't my paying text. attention. No. <laughs> All right, I'm talking about Darren Waller. He's currently the tight end five, ADP wise, Oof. and 55 overall. 
And I uh, like Darren Waller. And if you're looking at Darren Waller from last year, I'd be like all in on that. But yeah, well, Waller's been an, a volume-driven asset. Uh, he he's gotten over 350 targets the last three seasons. Mm. Not not each season, but no. total over those and, three and, seasons. And he missed a big chunk of last year, and he still ended up with that number. So that's. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He still got over a hundred targets last year and missed missing a chunk of the season, as you said. Uh, he did have nine touchdowns in 2020. That was the year he he blew up. But he had only two last year, and only three in 2019. Those are the his his only other really meaningful really, fantasy seasons. And the other thing is they just didn't have receivers. We talked about this last year. Um, but they didn't last have week. Or last week. Yeah, they didn't have. Uh, really anybody to throw to which is why Hunter Renfro kind of had his little blip but um, I don't know that competing with Hunter Renfro for targets is the same thing as what he's got going on now right so he really has been his success has come on the back of a of huge volume for a tight end and in comes Devontae Adams and he's always been a target hog so I, I feel pretty safe in saying Waller's volume is, is on the way down here this coming year and, and going forward. So I think his fantasy output just isn't going to justify a top five ADP mm-hmm. at the position. I think we've seen the best out of Darren Waller. He turns 30 a week into this season. So he's, 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 he's seen his best days. So right now you can trade him for ADP-wise anyway. Hawkinson is... Just slightly behind him. That's crazy. I know. I would swap him for Hawkinson. If you can do so that. So fast. Right. Dalton Schultz. I mean, honestly, any of these guys yep. I would swap him for just because I, I do really believe his best days are behind him. Hawkinson, Schultz, Goddard, Fryermuth, and uh, Cole Komet even. I, I don't and know if I mean on Cole Komet. Well, so here's the thing with Fryermuth and Komet. I don't necessarily – I think they're going to be – tight end ones i don't know that they're really going to push the ceiling up at tight end right but i would rather have waller is he still going to be a tight end one like i'd rather have waller be kind of a a a tight end you can start with pride for the next couple years at least the next year year and a half than than a guy like Komet, who i i do think is going to be ceilinged out as uh um you know, a, a low-end tight end. One. Probably, st- st- yeah, especially if, if and until uh, Fields gets his feet under him. Or just who or, knows or what they're going to do in Chicago. Yeah. I mean, really. So, yeah, maybe Komet's a guy who'd have to think hard about. But but Hawkinson? Do it. Schultz? Yeah. For sure. Goddard, even? I, I know I've got some of my issues with, with, with that passing offense, but... Um, but, you know, you can get some of these guys you have later on your list, you can get things added to that deal. Or you can save a bunch of money under the cap if you need to. Right. Yeah, Waller's pretty expensive in our league anyway. Yeah. Probably was a, at least in the narr- the story in our league is he was picked up after he started blowing up and yeah. he was expensive. And, that, so. and, and that's because, you know, he started his NFL career as a wide receiver and then disappeared for a while and had some chemical use issues and came back and then he blew up and then, so he probably wasn't drafted and kept like a lot of people. So he's right. probably just a free agent contract, and what his salary is will depend on when you got him. Right. Well, uh, hopefully you still enjoy that episode. We have 
we have the more fun of this uh, combo coming up next week, the underrated players mm. coming up. I don't know that we'll have crickets behind us next week, but we'll have to see what happens. It's kind of it's a really nice night. It's been so it's, hot. It's, it's really nice. Really, it's been pleasant to be outside. We might want to just do it for fun. I have to listen to the tape and see how bad the planes are. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> they, they, they might. They might be uh, quite intrusive, but all right. So we look forward to doing that next week. Please uh, scroll down and leave us a rating and review where you're listening to this podcast. Check us out on Twitter. I'm at SteelPod. I'm at SteelPod, Sean. And all one word. All one word. Sean is spelled S-E-A-N. Nice. Nicely done. Should I tell people how to spell steel? Because it's not how you might spell it. It's S-T-E-A-L. It's like steel of the draft. Yeah, it is like that. Or you got to steal at the auction. Right. That's what we're talking about. Right. All right. Absolutely. We'll talk more next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Steel. Join our community on the Steel Pod Facebook group and follow us on Twitter at Steel Pod.